Hello and welcome to the Badass Wellness Coach Show. I'm your host, Gideon Hoffman, and today I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Dawn Menger, a special education teacher and award-winning author from Los Angeles. Our topic today is one that's very near and dear to most of us, and that is advocating for the disabled and helping to promote literacy. Dawn, welcome to the Badass Wellness Coach Show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Dawn, would you please give us a 30-second bio of what exactly is what you do? Well, by day, I teach students with severe cognitive delays. I've been doing that for over 20 years. I also lecture at the lo local university, um, the new teachers. I mentor new teachers within our organization. And I write a children's uh, educational series based on my my adventures, my life, my friends, and my students are included in my books. Oh, that's so cool. Your favorite quote is, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams by Eleanor Roosevelt. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, we all have dreams, but it takes someone brave to act on their dreams and to take the chance. Um, to see if their dreams um, prosper in the world. And it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to put yourself out there. And if you do it, you know, you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know who you're going to impact. And that's something I like to tell fellow authors that are kind of afraid to go out there and they think, I don't have anything to say. You know, no one wants to hear what I have to say. But that isn't true. There is always someone out there that you're going to you're going to impact, that you're going to connect with. And, you know, sometimes you even save someone's life and you don't know it. And so you really have to get out there and and make your voice heard. I love that you said that, you know, sometimes we, we don't even realize that we help people. Uh, and I really love hearing that from you as well. Uh, you've chosen a unique medium. Uh, authoring that's not that unique but you've chosen a unique genre how did that happen well it actually started i was getting uh, my credential and i took a math class and one of the assignments was to write a math book and create a math game so what i did was i wrote a book and it's called it was called queen victoria's visitors and it had all of my students in it it was based on uh, the days of the week, the months of the years and the seasons. It's pre-K to first grade. And it was called Queen Victoria's Visitors at that time. And we actually made it into a little skit. And I got grants from a local university and we traveled around to the elementary schools. And we did this little skit. And um, we did that for about three years. And then when I decided I wanted to publish it, um, I was getting divorced and I wanted to do something positive in my life. So I named it after my grandmother, who was an astute businesswoman. Um, her and her father went around and created memberships for the United Methodist Federal Credit Union, and they founded the credit union. And she managed it for, for years, like 40, 50 years. And so when I published it, I put all of the children in our family in the book. This is my daughter. She's a uh, making sandcastles at the beach in July. Her birthday is July. And so when I first did it, I put everybody in their birthday month. And I thought, well, the children aren't gonna care, you know. And then I just immediately started winning awards, getting interviews. And everyone was asking me, well, what is gonna be your next book? And I was like, 
I, I don't know, but I love to travel. It was instilled in me from my, my um, grandmother and my mother. We had, my parents had a sailboat for, for 25 years. And so adventure is kind of part of our family. We love camping. And so Queen Vernita's Visitor Series just expanded. I just published my 13th book. And so she's having a great time traveling around her kingdom. I love the story. One of my my favorite things and metaphors that I use uh, in, in business is, is the rainmaker and also the rainmaker's quest, uh, because I believe, you know, we're taking business and ourselves way, way, way too seriously. So I help my students to build a little quest, uh, which is basically a story narrative. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're all having so much fun with that. So I, I can really resonate with what you're telling. Dawn, what is a commonly held belief about children's literacy that you passionately disagree with? Um, that, I don't know. I think that every book needs to have a message. I think that that's um, a lot of things that people think. My books do have messages, but not all books need to have messages. Some just need to be fun. You know, you know children... They need to be able to engage in whatever they're reading to want to read. It needs to be fun. It needs to be exciting. Um, and if your message is too loud, they don't want to hear it. The one thing that I don't do I, that I'm asked a lot about is when am I going to write a book about just disabilities? Because this is obviously what I do. I have disabilities in my books. And I'm not going to because I don't want a book that just focuses on disabilities. I want my students in my in my books, they're living their lives. I have one who's in, at the Volcanic National Park. So he's learning about volcanoes. He's with his dad and he uses a communication device. And so he's teaching the queen about his communication device while they're learning about volcanoes. Um, I have another little girl, she has Rett syndrome and she's making uh, beautiful lace for her, for her classmates and her mom is helping her. So th the mom is explaining why she has to help her and what Rett syndrome is about. But the children, they're all living their lives. They have friends and they go to school and they're exploring. I don't want to write a book just about disabilities. And, you know, that's one thing that I that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense, you know, because I think in a, in a certain sense, it's, it's too negative. How do you, how do you, are you using the same characters in all the books? Is, is there a, a thread that walks through all of them or everyone a new book, new characters? A queen. Queen Bernita is the mainstay, it's her, it's her kingdom, and she's meeting all of her subjects in the different areas. But all of my books have uh, new friends. She, she okay. goes to a new area and she meets new friends and they do 12, so she has 12 new friends each, each book and they do seven activities for each month and each month is a new subject. So there's a lot of information in my books and they're pre-K to seventh grade. I have one on uh, New Orleans where she goes into a bayou and holds a baby alligator and learns about slavery and plantations, um, some history. I have one, I have two. I have a friend I grew up with who moved to Kona, Hawaii. His wife grew up there. And I actually have written two books on Hawaii and they go in a shark cage, they swim in a lava tube. Um, they, there's a place there, where you, a sanctuary where you can go and learn about baby seahorses. And then at the end, you put your finger in this pool and the babies wrap their tails around your fingers. And it's, it's really neat. You can actually take lessons and you can raise one at home, but you have to go through this course. Um, there's sea turtles. There's one where we went and this one has my family in it. 
um, there was 19 of us. We went on a train ride from Williams, Arizona to the Grand Canyon. And then afterwards we came back, put our jammas on and went on the Polar Express. And so the cover of the book is actually my grandson falling asleep in Santa's lap after that long day. And so this was really, really popular during Christmas time. And it, they're just really fun. And they're, but they're all different people doing different things. Oh, typical. This episode is brought to you by the one and only Badass Preneurs Rainmaker Training Ground for coaches, consultants, and experts who want to build a financially vibrant business. Rainmakers have an almost uncanny ability to generate new business, attract clients, and gather referrals. In other words, Rainmakers know how to generate cash on demand, almost magically. And the great news is, anyone can learn how to become a Rainmaker. Simply visit badasspreneurs.com and start your Rainmaker training today. When is she coming to South Africa? Oh, actually, <laughs> I've been talking to someone about coming, coming there and um, doing a book several books on there's going to be several books there's so much down there <laughs> so ah, awesome. yes i'm actually actually considering it <laughs> ah, awesome I'm, I'm so pleased to hear that again you know our listeners are, are all business people you know they're coaches can we talk a little bit about the, the, the publishing side of it and just you know your your advice you've, you've published 13 books um, and the, one of the things that i always hear myself asking and other people asking is you know, with self-publishing these days, is it really better to go self-publishing or is it better to go through an, uh, a book publisher? What's, what's your take on that, Dawn? Well, when I published my first book, I actually didn't even think about traditional publishing. My objective was just to publish the book. So I picked a self-publisher and I published the first three books through them. And I, it just got to the point where I I wasn't really making the money that people would tell me they were buying my books, but I wasn't getting any credit for it. So I was actually contacted by a hybrid publisher and that's who I have now. And so they publish my books. There's a, there is a cost. It's a lot smaller than previously. Um, and they pay for 70% uh, of the marketing that the marketing costs. So I am liking that better. They do, they publicize my book. They actually are doing their own contacts. And I just uh, got an agreement to have my books featured on the New York Times uh, Book Review magazine. And so that'll come out in May. So it's gonna get a lot of exposure by doing that. But I do like that better. You hear a lot about um, how negative that all is. But when I first started, I did talk to some people who ha had been traditionally published. And some of the things that they did not like was that they couldn't just do their own events. You know, I'm free to do anything I want to do, to go anywhere I want to do. And they had to ask first if it was okay. And I wouldn't like the limits of that. Um, I also heard that it's still, they still have to do a lot of their own promotion. And I do a lot of things. I connected with Story Monster Magazine. It's an educational magazine. And I write book reviews and I judge their literacy contests. And I go to a lot of events with them. They're in another state. So I travel there. And the one thing I always recommend for children's authors to join the SCBWI, the Society of Book Writers and Illustrators, 
that was one of the best things that I did. Um, I started going to their conferences and their workshops and they're just the neatest people. I mean, you have New York Times bestselling authors and, and people who haven't published their books yet. They just haven't, haven't had the, the nerve to do it yet. But everybody is just really nice and encouraging and they're not competing with each other. They're encouraging each other. And that's really what you need is to be around people who are encouraging other people. You need to support other authors. When I go to events, sometimes we do book swaps and sometimes I just buy their book and read it to my class and write a book report. You know, you always wanna support other people. You network a lot and you just have to get out there and make friends and um, just meet other people. That was absolutely a bunch of golden nuggets in two <laughs> minutes. I just love it. I just love Sorry. it. There was, yeah, there was so much good advice in there. Um, and one of the things that stood out for me is belonging to a professional association or a society. I think that's so, so, so important because especially if you're starting out, you can learn so much. And then, as you said, and I love that as well, you're an experienced author and you still belong to those. Um, so it's so good to hear that. Uh, from a seasoned veteran like yourself. Um, in terms of your books, you've got a lot of illustrations. Do you source that out? Or where does the picture come from? Is it something you have in your mind? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first illustrations, I got the illustrator from the publisher. And, and then I was actually contacted by a publisher in France. They were considering using my books to teach English. But they said, because my books are pre-K to seventh grade, they said that some of the the older books, the con the pictures did not go with the content. So I actually found an illustrator at an event. I was doing the young authors events that they have at the local uh, school district and I was her featured author. And I met her there and she did some graphic novels with my brother. And so what she does is she takes actual pictures from my adventures and she incorporates them together and creates um, the illustrations. So they're real pictures of my life. And so she does a very unique job for me and she does an excellent job and she's getting, you know, faster and faster um, over the pandemic. I, I used, when I first started, I had a goal, I was going to publish one book a year. And of course things happen and you get busy. And so over the pandemic, since I was teaching from home, I actually published six books. I got them, got kind of caught up that we did more, more adventures. So now I have more things to write about. There's always things to write about, but um, so she she does that and and she does just a beautiful job. They're just amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. They really are amazing. Can I ask you what's your favorite favorite way or tactic or strategy for marketing your books? Um, book events. Uh, you sell a lot more book events than when you're doing them in person. Um, so thank, you know, we're starting to get back out there. I did a couple last month. I have one on Saturday and one at the end of the month and you meet people. And one thing we did when I, when I first started, it was a lot easier at that time. You could just call a library and go in and do their, you know, their preschool events, you know, things like that. Now it's a lot harder. You have to go through the central office, but I did the first summer, I did like 13 libraries. I traveled around Southern California and you just, you meet all the little children, you get to read your book. And we had a craft because my mom was a kindergarten teacher. And my grandma at that time was still, she was still with us. And she would go to some of my events. 
And my mom created a crown in the backseat of the car. And all it is is a crown made out of construction paper. And I have stickers and markers and glue. And I have that out at my table. And the children come over and they make a crown. And the, the boys love making them, which surprises me because I didn't, wouldn't think they would like to do that. But they, the boys love doing it too. They decorate it. And then they walk around the event with my little crown on their head. So it's really nice to see all these little crowns. But so, you know, you get them to your table and they, they do a craft, they do a reading, and then they start looking at your books. But that's how you really meet people um, is doing the in-person events. Oh, that's also cool. I love that. Love hearing that. If there were any aspiring children's book authors listening here, what's, what's one piece of advice? And I haven't written a book yet. What's one piece of advice you'll give them? Well, they haven't written their book yet. They need, obviously, to write it, you know. Okay. You know, get out there. It, it, but it's hard. It's like people, people have this idea for years and years and years, and they're like, someday I'm going to write it. Well, you know what? That someday needs to be today. Yeah. Sit down, write it. And it is. It's scary to put it out there. It's scary to put your voice out there. Um, but most people are supportive. Um, I, there, there are people out there who don't have their your best intentions in mind. And so you do have to be careful. You know, there are people out there who just want your money or, you know, are gonna tell you they're gonna do amazing things and they don't. So just be careful who you're contacting with, who you're giving your, your money to, you know, um, who you're hiring. There was one, one man, um, this is a few months ago, I joined all, a lot of the, the groups on Facebook and he, put out the cover of his new book, which was, it was beautiful. It was. And then somebody said, well, do you know, that's actually another book. So the person that had illustrated actually copied and just kind of changed it a little bit, a cover of another book. But if he had not put that on the group and someone had not seen that, he would have published this. And then you can get in trouble doing this. Absolutely. So just be very careful. Talk to other people, you know, put your stuff out there and ask for your, ask opinions. Um, you know, because they have advice, they have experience, they've been through something and then they can help you through it. So definitely network. And um, I went to one of the conferences and they have the SCBWI, they have, they have one in um, LA in the summertime and then one in New York City in February, which is very cold, let me tell you. <laughs> I went, it was like 15 degrees, but um I heard a speech and anyone can look this up. It was Kwame Alexander. It was called Yes. And at that moment, I was going to give up writing. I just, I was exhausted. I'd had a bad experience. And he said, you know, I, I used to be self-published. I used to do all of these things before he became highly successful. And he said, say yes. So when someone asks you to do something, if you can do it, do it. Because you don't know who you're going to meet by doing that. You know, and you're going to get an experience. And so just say yes to whatever you can, and you're going to start expanding your life and your journey. Oh, that's again sage advice, very much sage advice. Dawn, where can our listeners contact with you on social media? Um, I have I have a website, but I'm starting to build a new one. So I don't know what my address will okay. be. But right now it's Dr. Don Menge. I have a Facebook, Don Menge One. And Instagram, Don Menge, Twitter, Queen Vernita. My publisher is Rushmore Press. Um, my, you can buy my books off of there. You can contact me off of there. I have a page on there. 
And of course, if you just Google Queen Bernita's Visitors or Don Minge, um, all of my books come up on various uh, sites online. Or you can contact me and get an author signed book. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Any final words before we wrap up? Any final words of advice for our listeners? Um, if you're looking for a story to write about, write about your life. You know, you're the expert on your life and you have experiences, even if you don't think you do, you have experiences that other people want to hear about. You're going to connect with someone. Really love that advice as well. Well, Dawn, I really enjoyed and thank you for sharing all that wisdom and knowledge so openly with us. I wish you only the very, very best and may your business grow and book writing grow and prosper beyond your wildest dreams. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you for having me. That's such a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, there you have it, my dear wellness friends. Another badass episode packed with inspiration to help you build your own thriving high impact online coaching business and as well, write your own book and help you make the most of your own rainmaking journey. And thank you so much for listening to the Badass Wellness Coach Show. Please make sure to subscribe and rate us everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 